Today's Shiur is Daf Kuf Lamed Vav. We will begin on Kuf Lamed Hey Amur Bet. Towards the bottom, the words Hanicha Leman Amar. The words are about eight lines from the bottom. The last word in line is Kinyan. So, we had said last time we were looking for a way that each rabbi could have a, could have a case where a kid is a kid who's born to him, whether he's a Yalid Bayit or a Miknat Kesef, both of them should be able to have a kid uh, possible to be born on the fir- to be Brit Milah on the first day and a kid possible to have Brit Milah on the eighth day. And what we hadn't found was we couldn't find one on the first day. So Mara had said, that the case that you could find is if you bought a shivcha le'ubra, which means when you bought only the baby, you buy a shif- you buy a slave a slave girl, and you're buying her fetus that she has, but you don't own her. In that case, since it's not a regular child, that's how a kid who could get born on that's how since the mother isn't isn't owned by you. Therefore, it could be a brit milah on the first day, according to this rabbi. Says the Gemara, That's true, according to the rabbi, who says that when you buy the fruit of a field, it's not like you bought the actual field itself. And the other rabbi would say, that when you own the, the person who, who owns the property is the owner of the field. Question, question over there in Baba Batra was regarding a field. But we want to apply the same thing to our Gemara and say that the rabbi who says that the person who owns the fruit is considered the owner of the field would say over here that the person who owns the fetus owns the mother. And since the one who owns the fetus owns the mother, so then the baby should be back and need a brit milah on the eighth day, just like one whose mother was completely owned. So we're back to the back to the drawing board, at least according to this opinion. Amar of Mishashia. So Mishashia comes up with another idea. If a person buys the shivcha on condition that he's not going to give her. A, he's not going to put her in the mikveh. He can do that, and when he does that, then the kid will need a brit milah on the first day, according to that opinion. Says the Gemara Tanya, we learned in the Brayta. Rashbag Omer, Kol Shashaha Shloshim Yom Ba'adam Enonefel Shemar Uftiyab Ben Chodesh Tifteh. If an animal lasts for eight days, it's also not considered a, a dead animal. Which means that in general, a person is suspected when being born, according to Rashbag's statement, you're suspected of being a type of an, a person that might not live at all. That's called a nephil, a stillborn child. And just because it lives for a couple of days is not enough, but once it lives for 30 days, that means that we know that it's gonna, we have a chazakah that it's going to live, and that's when you chayav to do a pidyon haben. Similarly, 
if it's a firstborn. And similarly, by an animal, if the if it lasts for eight days, we assume that it's not going to be a stillborn animal. And that's why that from eight days and on, it's eligible to become a korban. So it sounds like from this from this brisa. It sounds like that if it didn't last for 30 days, it's safek. So the Gemara is going to ask on the top of Kufalam Midvav, How can we give a Brit Milah on Shabbat? If we're not sure if the baby's going to survive, then we could be pushing off Shabbat. Because why are you breaking Shabbat for a baby <coughs> that you're not sure? <coughs> Excuse me. That you're not sure the baby's gonna make it. Amar of Ada Bar Ava, so Ada Bar Ava says, Malin Oto Miman of Shach, we can give him a Brit Milah regardless of whether it's gonna survive, because we'll be okay. Why? He says, Rabbi Ada Bar Im Chaihu Shapir Kamahil. If in fact the baby was gonna be a good baby, so you did the right thing. And if it's not gonna survive and it was an Ephil, then Bebasad Hukotech, this guy is just cutting meat. Why, why is this baby who's going to die any different than slicing a steak? Just like you're allowed to slice a steak on Shabbat. What's wrong with cutting the baby on Shabbat? Ve'elahadetanya. Says the Gemara. So in other words, I'm sorry, before I do this, so in other words, you wouldn't have a problem of letting the the blood out of the baby's milah because it's like a piece of meat. Anyway, it's like it's dead already, like we just saw before. If you have a baby and you're not sure if it's an eight-month or seven-month pregnancy baby, we can't push off Shabbat. Am I? Why can't you push off Shabbat? Let's give a Brit Milah one way or the other. And we'll say, According to Adar Ava's reasoning, that one way or the other it's okay, why would we ever have a, have a question whether you the baby is a seventh or eighth month baby, which we know that we do? Who cares? Either way you can do it. Me and Rav Nechum explained it as follows, in the following way. Really, regarding Bikmila, you would be able to do it. And why did we have a question whether you're allowed to do it in the seventh month? It wasn't whether or not we could do the milah. Of course you could do the milah. Like we said, it's cutting meat, worse comes to worse. But whether you're allowed to do machshine milah, Ali B'dar lets you do all the original preparations. His question is, can you do that? But you're right, for every regular baby, you should be allowed to do it no matter what, because either way, it's just cutting flesh, and it will be okay. But the question is, can you do extra things like preparing the knife according to the B, Eliezer? Pasuk says that if an animal dies, a kosher animal dies, it's coming to tell you 
that all the animals are tameh, even a eight-month-old animal, which means as follows. Normally, an animal that gets shechita is not tameh. If the animal dies, it becomes nevela, and it is tameh. We want to say over here that this animal that's eight months old, even if you do shechita, it's still called a nevela, according to the Tanakama over here. They say no. When you slaughter it, it becomes tahor, and it's not a nevela. It can't make anyone tameh in the time of the Beit HaMikdash. We're assuming that the Machlokatanim is the same Machlokat that we mentioned before. More Savar Chayhu, one hole that's considered alive, and therefore when it's slaughtered, it becomes not Nevela, it becomes Basar, that's kosher. Umar Savar Metu, the other one holds it's dead already, and therefore if he holds it's dead already, the fact that he's slaughtered doesn't help anything. And therefore, it comes out that a baby that's born in the eighth month is already considered like it's dead. And going like that, Amarava says, "Ihachi." If that's what they're arguing about, they're arguing whether it's alive or dead. Why would they argue about Tuman Tara? Whether the baby could make you tameh in the time of the Beit Hamikdash or not, whether it's a nevela or not. Let's argue whether you're allowed to eat it, right? Are you allowed to eat an eight-month-old? I'm sorry. An eight-month-old baby cattle that's born. I should be able to talk about that. It's a much more important discussion than discussing whether or not it's Tamer Tahor. So Rava says as follows. Rather, everyone holds it like it's dead. But Rabbi Yossi Yehuda hold that it's a terefa. Terefa alav avagav dimeta have shchita metarata. There's an animal called a trefa. A trefa is an animal that's walking around looking alive, but it has a problem in the lung, that's, or a problem somewhere else in the body that's going to cause it to. It's going to cause it to die eventually. And therefore, it's a terefa. Now, this animal, even though it's gonna, we know it's going to die, it's still, if you shecht it, it's called a shechted animal, and it's tahor, and it doesn't have the tumav timit nevela. Hachanami, here too, it's still like it's dead, and loshna, it's the same thing. Rabbanan, lo dami the terefa. The Rabbanan don't compare it to terefa, and they say, terefa is better. Why? Because the Rabbanan, the Tanakama holds, Terefa kosher. Every Terefa animal always had a time at one point where it was actually kosher. And then it, it, it developed the Terefa afterwards. kosher. But this animal doesn't have any time where it would have was ever kosher. And therefore, just because the Trefa animal gets okay when you slaughter it, doesn't mean that this animal with eight months gets okay when you slaughter it. So says the Gemara, and if you want to say, there are some animals that were always Trefa from, from the womb. When they were born, they, they were born with a defect. And therefore, what about those animals? You, why would you separate between those animals and this? Even those animals, their types of animals are sometimes okay for shechita. 
But the eighth month animals, they're never okay. They're always no good. And since they're always no good, that's why Shechita is not going to help it. And that's the explanation of the Chachamim to why it doesn't help, why it doesn't help the Shechita on an eight-month animal. The Gemara wants to clarify Rashbag now. Ibailahu. My pligi rabbanan aleh de Rashbag. Which was, in other words, we want to know, do the Chachamim agree with Rashbag? Or they argue with Rashbag? Im tizdam pligi. If you hold, they believe him. They argue. Halacha komoto and halacha komoto. Rashbag had said that until it's eight days old, we have to assume that every animal is no good. Do the Chachamim disagree? Because the, the, the bright that the Hennen said if they disagree, and if they do, who's the Halacha like? It says, Tashma, I'll bring you a proof. It says, Yom Tov, if a, if a baby cow is born on Yom Tov, Yom Tov, you can slaughter it on Yom Tov. And it's not Mukseh. But now, if it was born on Yom Tov, it's only one day old. It's much less than eight days old. And yet, they're letting you slaughter it. Obviously, you see that someone has to argue with Rashbag because Rashbag wouldn't let you slaughter till eight days. It says, Could be that the Brighta, which lets you slaughter an animal on Yom Tov that was born that day, a one-day-old animal, was talking about assuming that you knew that the animal was a full-term pregnancy for the mother. Says about Tashma, another proof. It says, The law is by a Bechor, that if the Bechor has a mum, has a blemish, then you're allowed to use it. Otherwise, you're not allowed to use it. It has to be brought to the Bet HaMikdash. And they say, everyone agrees, if a baby is, if a baby cow is born on Yom Tov, it's allowed, you're allowed to check it to see if it has a mum on Yom Tov, and and we look at it as if it's not Mukseh, because it was born with the mum, and therefore we're not worried that it might be Mukseh. Normally when an animal is a Bechor, people are waiting for it to get a mum so they can eat it eventually. Now, when it gets a mum, you have to show it to the expert. If it develops a mum on Yom Tov, since it's going into Yom Tov when it was not with a mum, we'll call it mukseh because you wouldn't have been able to eat it on Yom Tov. You could only eat it when it develops a mum and develop mum on Yom Tov. So you wouldn't be able to show it to the expert on Yom Tov either. Here, if it's born with a mum, everyone agrees that you could show it to an expert because you're not fixing the animal, as it were, because it was born like that. And therefore, you see from this case that we're still slaughtering a one-day-old animal. Yes, it's, a, it's an animal to Bechor, but it's one day old and we're slaughtering it. And according to Rashbag, we had said we always have to wait eight days. Why are we slaughtering this one day old baby? Same answer. Oh, you're right. Normally, we'll explain that really everyone agrees perhaps with Rashbag. And we're talking over here about a, 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 we're talking over here about a type of animal that everyone knows that it finished its, it finished its month. It's pregnancy, and therefore it's not that type of animal. Tashma, another char- another proof, a third one. The Amar Rabbi Yudah Amar Shmuel Halacha Kirash Bag. 
It says the Rabbi Yehuda Ramashul who's an Amora said Halacha follows Rashbag. Now if he said that Halacha Mukhalad Pligi, obviously they must be arguing. Shmamina, you're right. There must be an argument about it. Says the Amar Abaye Abaye says Nafal Min Agag O Achlari Divrei Kol Chayhu. Okay, if an animal that was younger than thirty days or a kid that was younger than thirty days fell from the roof. Or it got eaten by a lion, meaning it died for another reason. We assume that it was alive. Now, the argument is if the if the baby was breathing and then all of a sudden died. The Chachamim who don't agree that you have to wait 30 days for the baby or 8 days for the animal, they hold, we assume it's Chai. The other one says, no, we assume it's dead. If the animal is dead, if the baby is dead now, who cares? The answer is to make the mother patur from Yibum. The rule is, a lady who gives birth and was married and never had kids, if she has one child, that child would, set, would make her not need Yibum. Now, Ibu means to marry her husband's brother when he passes away. If she has no kids, she has to marry him. If she has a child, she doesn't have to marry him. In this case, since the baby, if the baby was alive and eaten by a lion, so we assume he's a live baby, and therefore... Therefore... He, she won't need to do Yibum now, but and she'll be patur from Yibum Chalitza. And in the other case, if the the baby just dies for a reason, for, in other words, for no when, when we, he's walking around and it just drops dead, in that case we assume the baby was dead and she would need Yibum. Now this takes place two things. First of all, you have to know that we won't actually let the guy do. Yibum. We'll make him do chalitza, which is the spinning on the floor and the taking off the shoe, because we're not sure that he's allowed to marry him. You're not allowed to marry your sister-in-law if the baby was a real baby. So we wouldn't let him do yibum. We'd only let him make him do chalitza. Additionally, we're talking here where the husband died and left this baby. Now, if the baby was considered a good baby, which then was eaten by a lion, so then uh, the husband left the baby. Yes, the kid died later, but that's not important. The husband left the baby, she's patur. If the baby would have yawned and died or just died, then the, we might be suspecting and make her do chalitza. You want to tell me that if it, if it fell off the roof or got eaten, we know that it was alive? They came to the son of Adi Barabin, and he made a special meal with a baby, with a, a baby cow that was only seven days old. They said, if you waited till tonight, till the eighth day, we're eating from it. Now we're not eating from it because we're not sure if it's alive. Now, obviously we see from here 
The fact, why wouldn't they eat it? Obviously, they're worried that maybe it was an effort, it was a problem. And definitely the slaughtering is like it was eaten by an Ari. What's the difference if you have a baby, a, a, a baby human alive that got eaten by a lion, or a baby cow that was born and it got checked by a shochet? They should be the same thing. And if over here they won't eat it, that means that we have to assume over there, in the case of the child also, that the child, and therefore we have this question again. So it says, Opposite. Switch it over. When the baby walks all of a sudden dies, or the animal all of a sudden dies with no apparent reason, everyone agrees that it was not a good animal. And it won't count for Yibum. If it's a, if it's a human. And it won't be edible if it's an animal. Keep Ligi. The is if it died for another cause. Rashbag holds, we assume it's dead, and therefore you can't eat it like the rabbis who came to the guy's house, you can't eat it. And if it's a baby, you have to worry about chalitza for the mother. The other one says, no, it's, it's, it's alive. Another story. The son of Redim Yosef had a baby born to him. Within 30 days, it died. He sat and he did Shiva. He sat Shiva for him. So his father told him, What you, you, you enjoy? You enjoy eating kak at the at the Shiva house? Is that why you're sitting? You don't need to sit Shiva. So he told him back. I knew that it was a full term baby, and therefore, since I knew it was a full-term baby, therefore I do have to sit shiver for him. And that's why he said he sat shiver. Says the Gemara, and the baby died within 30 days. He saw him sitting and doing shiva for his baby. And he told him, Don't you hold like Rashbag, who assumes that you don't need to sit shiva? Again, I know that it was a full-term baby, and therefore even Rashbag would agree that if it's a full-term baby, you don't have to worry about it. Rashbag is only talking about when you're not sure. Itmar, we learnt. Met betoch shloshim. The baby dies within thirty days. And the mother got up and she got married to somebody else. So this this baby died within thirty days. Okay. And the father had already died. So since the father was dead and they had no other kids, the mother and the baby died within thirty days. The mother should really need chalitza. She got up and she took Kiddushin from another, another man at that time. Now, since she took Kiddushin, she wasn't supposed to, but she did it anyway. So according to Rashbag, she should, be, she should need to do Chalitza, and the Chachamim should say she's fine. Amr Avina, Avina says, Mishmei Dirava, Im Eshet Yisrael Hu Cholet 
If she's a Yisrael, we tell her, do Chalitza. She needs Chalitza. In Eshet Kohen, if she's a Eshet Kohen, and therefore a woman who's a wife of a Kohen is not allowed to, to marry a Chalitza. Kohen can't marry Chalitza. So if the person she took Kiddushin from was a uh, Kohen, then Enocholetza, the rabbis do not require her to do Chalitza, because if she did Chalitza, she wouldn't be able to marry him. Right? So in order not to mess up the marriage, we don't rely, we don't require her to do Chalitza, we rely on the Rabbanan, who assume that the baby was a good baby. Okay? And so basically we're showing over here that in a situation of trouble where she already married a queen, we won't require her to do Chalitza. That's according to Rava. Rav Shever Mishmei the Rava Amar, Achatzu v'achatzu cholatzet. According to Rav Shavia, they both need Chalitza regardless. According to him, that means we follow Rashbag all the way. According to the first opinion of Rava, we follow Rashbag and we say that she needs Chalitza only when we can, when she married a Yisrael the second time. But according to Rav Shavia, according to Amar Rava, you always follow Rashbag and you need Chalitza no matter what. Amalei Ravina Rav Shavia. So Ravina told Rav Shavia, Be'urta Amar Rav Hachi, Letzafra Hadebe. You're right, Rava did say that you need double chalitzot. That's what he said at night before he went to sleep. In the morning he changed his mind and he said what I said. And therefore, I'm right that if she's married to a Kohen, that she doesn't need chalitzah. Amalei. So he told him back, Shiute, you're going to allow this girl? Inshallah, soon you'll allow chalev to be eaten also. Chalev is the fat of an animal that's asur to eat midoraita. So Rav Shavia is telling Ravina, you're messing this up. You're quoting Rava the wrong way. I hope that you also allow forbidden fat also so people stop listening to you and don't make a mistake to allow this lady to get married to a Kohen without Chalitza. Okay, we're at the two dots. Rabbi Yehuda Matir. We said in the Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda allows the, 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 the he allows Milah on an androgynous type of kid with double, dual, male, female signs. Says the Gemara, Amar of Shuzivi, Amar of Chista. Lo lekol Amar androgynous zacharhu. Not for everything did he say that you're a zachar. Shimata Omer Ken, if, because Rehuda is saying that uh, Androgynous is Zachar because he's telling you you can do it on Shabbat. He's telling you that any, well, any, any body that's born with a male sign, even though he also has a female sign, is considered a male, so you can do it on Shabbat. It's not true, says Rav Shazivi. Shim Ata Omer Ken, because if you say that they're always male, Ba'achin Yarich, then when a guy says Erki Alai, Normally, he would have to pay a set amount that's listed in the Torah. There's a whole parashav arachin in the Torah, where a guy says, arki alai. In that case, he should have to pay the male number. And you don't. How do you know you don't pay the male number? If you're an adroganist who says, erki alai. It says in the Torah, hazachar. And that teaches you, hazachar. Velo tumtum. 
excluding a tumtum and androgynous. A tumtum is a person who's covered up, we don't know what they have. You might think that if he doesn't get the male number that he has to pay, maybe he has to pay the woman number, because he has a female sign too. It says, only if she's female, only female pays the female number. And therefore, they don't get either one. And if a person says, and you're an androgynous, you get off free. Okay? So, Vistam Sifra, Rabbi Yehuda. So we, and since this was a Sifra, and we know that most Sifras were written by Rabbi Yehuda, so we see that Rida does not always hold that androgynous is a male. And in our Mishnah, we saw that he held that it could be done on Shabbat. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak. Afanan nami tanina. We also learn like that. In the Mishnah, it says, Hakol kishinim the Kadesh. Anyone could do the waters of the Palau Duma. Chutz michashu, except for a Kedesh Rotev Katan. A, 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 a deaf guy, a fool, and a, and a kid. allows a androgynous. He says it's asur if it's a woman or an androgynous. Shmami now we see from here, Rubida does not hold that she's an androgynous, even regarding doing the, um, even regarding doing the para uh, aduma. So if he doesn't hold that androgynous is a male for these for for tuma uh, for the pala aduma and he also doesn't hold for arachin why does he hold it for mila? kol zachar. It says kol zachar, including the androgynous, also according to the Bihuda. So we're going to end here at this mishnah on kuflam zayin amud alf mishayul shnetinokot baruch adonai leolam.